podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index Football Fantasy Show. Uh, I'm the I'm the, I'm the step in the horse, shall we say, for this week because the original plan was to have Shree back, uh, and he's been dragged into a work thing. Um, so I'm stepping in, and I am joined by by our other rotation host in Tadewa, but he may have to jump off. So I've decided to do the hosting. How are you doing, Tadewa? Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing well. Thanks. Sorry, as, as you were saying that, um, put your left foot in, put your left foot out. Song just got stuck in my head. But oh other than that, <laughs> I'm doing well in your thoughts. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. Thank you. And another late substitute is Ali Thompson. How are you doing, Ali? I'm good. Um, it's nice to be back on after a semi-decent week. Absolutely. That's the only reason you offered to come on. What <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I'll start with you then, Ali. I mean, you mentioned before we start recording that you've been on a bit of a crap streak. But how how did this week go for you specifically? This week went really good. Obviously, the what, what did we say pre-pod? The average is forty-three. Um, yes. I I ended up with fifty-four. Um, purely down to Trent Alexander Arnold not playing with my rather maybe brave, stupid choice of captain. Um, do you want me to run from a team quickly? Yeah, or? yeah, just go through it. Uh, Foster in goal, so clean sheet there, so I got six. Um, Alonso, Basak, Wambasaka, and Matt Doherty with a combined total of three points. Um, so really solid at the back this week. Oof. Um, I did have, obviously, Trent as my captain playing, but he, he obviously came out and Shurla from Fulham came in and gave me seven. Sani gave me seven. Oatsal gave me twelve. Lucas Morrow gave me three, so it's maybe time to start looking elsewhere on Lucas Morrow. Mm. Um, Kane with his traditional, when I own him, two points. Um, Aguero with 12, due to being vice-captain, um, and James the captain. And Zaha with, again, his standard two points. Um, and then just one point on the bench, which isn't a great deal. So what, what, what was it, 50, did you say? 54 I ended up. 54, that's not too bad. Yeah, it's considering the amount of ones and twos there. Um, mm. Obviously the Ocho Aguero, um, and obviously the Sani and Shula, solid sevens. I mean, if you can get that from your midfield every week, you're, you're going to be you're going to be sitting pretty most of the season. Now, did you pick Ozil because I advised Jay to do it the other week, or are you just as mental as I am? Oh, I, I, I'm still a massive Ozil fan. I, I take him over many, many midfielders in the league. There's not many... If you can build a midfield, which which is Arsenal's problem, and I guess you shouldn't really have to build a, a team around a player, but to get the best at Ozil, if you can get you know good midfielders behind them and and flexible and moving forwards in front of them, he's going to create chances. And like Arsenal's biggest problems, Ozil would be perfect in our team with the hard-working runners mm. that we've got in front and behind, um, and. Ozil's just that luxury player, and there's only one luxury player better than him in the league, and that's David Silva. Um, and look who David Silva's got around him. Yeah. 
So no, I'm, I I did bring Ozil in about three weeks ago, um, and he, he's kind of paid off. I don't think he got a game either last week or the week before. Um, he didn't play at all, so he obviously got zero. But he came straight back in, and that performance last night, I think everybody can agree that was it was something special. Yeah, it was what well, it's probably the best of this season, if I'm honest. It's one of the best I've seen. Um, but today, would you want to go through your two? Yeah, sure. I finally pulled the trigger with regards to my wild card. So oh, yes. I had, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven changes that I made. Did it um, work for you? Uh, <laughs> if Zed had put in the 652 chances he had, I think it would have worked perfectly. <laughs> uh, even though I already had him in my team, but yeah, it would have just my score up a little bit. I ended up with 56 points um, for the week. I brought in Ryan and started him. Got a whopping 11 points. I brought in Mendy, who got 10 points, so that helped. I already had Robertson, who got 8. I already had Bennett, who got 0. One the sucker came in as an automatic sub with 1. Because Knockhart, for some reason, who has played every game this season, decided not to play in their one no win. So I would have probably gotten three points from that at the minimum. So he was Knockhart was one of the players I brought in. So I was surprised he didn't play. Mm. Um, Eden Hazard got one. Madison got, got two. Salah got eight. Aguero as my captain got twelve. Jimenez, don't give up on him yet, guys. But he got one. And then, like I said, as I said, I'm disappointed considering how, what Arsenal did and how many chances he had, but he helped me. Um, overall, it, it was a decent score. I think I could have gotten a bit, bit better. Um, especially, yeah, that knockout one really puzzled me why he didn't play. I, I, I genuinely didn't check up on the reasons why he didn't. But other than that, I think I've set myself up going into December. Um, with this team in mind, so um, it's more of a long-term thing than than any major reaction going into this week. Yeah, I remember you saying, well, privately on the WhatsApp groups and on previous pods that you wanted to keep your uh, your wild card later later in the uh, the season, because then you have two two wild cards close together just in case it does go wrong. Um, do you think you've you've planned it long term well enough to kind of um, avoid any panic stations? Yeah, I think so. Because I've, I've, what I've done is I, I needed to get Salah back in before this run that Liverpool's going on. And it was just a matter of when I wanted to bring him in, in during this run. And I thought it, um, Huddersfield you know, would have been a good one to bring him in and he did get the goal. Now, the, the reason I wanted to hold the wild card was I needed to bring Salah back in. I needed to also bring Mendy back in to my team at some point in time. And I did have already in my team Hazard and Aguero. So those were quite some prize and Lacazette as well. So those were some, you know, four, three, or oh, three rather, um, pricey players that I already had in my team. And I was wanting to bring in another two who are on the top end when it comes to prices. So I, I think I did use it wisely. As I, um, as I mentioned in the group chat, Ideally, I wouldn't have wanted to bring Aguero in. I think I could have gotten away with, let's say, a Vardy. But just as a failsafe, um, I did bring Aguero in because I just wasn't sure if Salah was going to actually start scoring. The numbers say he should start scoring, but whether he actually ends up 
doing it mm. compared to just every week was saying next week is the week he's going to do it was the concern for me. So I thought I'd rather have an Aguero there who you pretty much guaranteed a goal or an assist each, each, each week. Uh, um, as a party starts to, to score again with, you know, regularity, then maybe I can look to dropping Aguero, bringing Vardy in, and then I've got money to improve my defense so that I have three big, big hitters at the back. Yeah, it's a weird one because I have, I have Vardy and Aguero, um, and you obviously have uh, Lacazette as well, so you kind of have the um, two cheaper strikers, apart, well, cheaper strikers, um, other than Firmino, so... It, you've obviously um, got you're looking at Vardy and you've got Lacazette. Is are you getting kind of put off Aguero by his fixture list? Um, his fixture list and the importance they might put on the Champions League run. I'm wondering if Aguero might be used more in the Champions League and his just in the Premier League. So um, that's why I'm, I'm kind of holding the trigger, waiting to see what happens, and then. I can obviously make a decision going forward from that. But I'm hoping that I would have a body ready and firing that I can transfer to rather than hoping to transfer to someone who I think might score opposed to someone who is already regularly scoring. Um, so, yeah, that's good stuff to do. I mean, we'll come back for transfers and stuff in in a, in a wee bit. But, Ali, um, we'll start off just any players you're looking at. I mean, concern-wise, maybe not transfer yet, but is there anyone... Who may be thinking long term wise? You just gotta maybe work out of the team and then work around it. Uh, I, I was just saying this last night, and I, I was recording on another podcast, and we were speaking about them just in general. Is as Alonso at Chelsea? Mm. Uh, just, just obviously, like, we know he's going to probably finish in the top top five defenders scoring wise. Um, so it's that. I guess it's just that hit you take. You've got to take all the net, like the, the low scores, to get the you know, the really high ones he's going to get, but it's like, could you could you upgrade maybe, could you lower Alonso to another defender and maybe upgrade a Wan-Bissaka who's obviously fought him a wee bit with Crystal Palace doing so bad and even like if you've got like the, the Doherty's, you know, all the, the, the four four point fives. I mean, could you get as many points or more points like lowering Alonso to someone else and upgrading someone else? I think that's my biggest concern just now because you've got so much money invested in a defender at 6.7 million. I mean, he's more expensive than two of my midfielders. Mm. The only thing about Alonso is obviously he just came off the game against Man United. I'm just looking at his fixtures now because I, I had a similar concern if uh, um, I was maybe thinking about Amendi or whoever, maybe even a Spurs defender, but that's, a, that's another minefield. Um, but. Chelsea's next three fixtures are Burnley away, Crystal Palace at home, and Everton at home. So it's that should be probably two clean sheets out of the three. I know Chelsea don't have the best best defence, but it should be at least it should be at least sort of good opportunity to gain points. It's it's the clean sheets that's worrying me well with the same David Luiz. <laughs> you know, it's like it's not like they're defending badly, but it's just like stupid lapses that they're mm. getting. From Serie that Alonso can do nothing about. You know, it's um, like my, my my comparison and what I was thinking of is, is if, if you're dropping Alonso to Joe Gomez, for for instance. Um, I mean, I, I feel we'll keep more clean sheets than Chelsea will this season. Um, 
And I mean, that's 1.6 million at the moment. If you, you know, if you transfer Alonso and you can upgrade, you could, you could arguably upgrade, you know, two positions there, maybe even three point fives, bumping your, your players up. So then even when you're looking into, like looking way in advance, you're then looking at bench boosts and, you know, good bench options. Yeah. You know, it's not so much the, the riffraff sort of that doesn't play or, just so you can get players in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's the thing with expensive defenders. If you don't have the um, clean sheets to, to fall back on, I mean, Robertson probably the safest bet in terms of clean sheets at the minute, possibly Mendy as well, because Man City don't, um, well, they have, I'm not sure what their exact record is, but I'm sure they don't um, receive a lot of chances against them and stuff like that. So probably you're looking at Robertson and Mendy in terms of the two safer bets. And um, yeah, that's the thing with Chelsea. I think I was just looking through there. Four clean sheets have kept this season. I'm not sure how impressive that actually is, but just watching them, there's so many occasions where you think they should probably concede more. I mean, that West Ham game springs to mind a lot. They, they should yeah. concede at least three that game. I mean, uh, and how they defended against United at the weekend was, was, was atrocious. Um, I mean, we all know United have got the players to turn it on, but you shouldn't be giving up that many chances um, against a team who doesn't attack. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Man United thing is uh, it adds a bit of extra worry, but hopefully they don't get any better. But we'll be we'll be seeing them in Champions League action um, pretty soon, so we'll see what they do against Juventus. Yeah. But now I think that's the only player that's, and it's only because of the. I don't think there's. I mean. Kane's always a worry, but you know he's going to, you know, it's Harry Kane's Harry Kane. Unless he's finally shown the actual player he really is, finally after like 55 seasons. Um, but I don't think there's any, especially big players, I mean, we're all looking at big money players. You know, you, like, the, the, the Obama Young Lacazette, maybe, maybe the frustrating one, or uh, which one you, which one to pick at what week, um, could be a frustrating one, but I'm not sure, I'm just, like there's not there's no longer any cheap players outperforming anyone. It's we're kinda of seemingly getting back into that pendulum swing where, you know, the, the top players are kinda of coming to the forefront now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um I'll go I'll go through my team because I genuinely forgot about to do that. <laughs> I'll go through my team quickly and then we'll get into a couple more transfer stories, shall we? So similarly to D what I had Ryan in goal, which was eleven points. Um again I had a Wolves defender because their record was getting championed. Um so I brought in Johnny and then they got smashed, so that's probably my fault. Sorry, Wolves fans. Um Alonso won, Robertson eight, um Salah got me sixteen and he was my captain, so I I I finally committed on my plan of getting Salah back in. Um, Shirley got me seven, who was part of the advice for, uh, advice from last week. Uh, I think that was you to do, so thank you for that. <laughs> um, then Hazard got me one, Fraser got me three, Ings two, Vardy two, and Aguero got me six, and... Not really much to speak of on the bench. Will Hughes and Juan Basaka, two points and one point, um, respectively. So yeah, d- that was um, 57 overall, and I took a minus four, so that'd be 53. Um, so yeah, beat the average, and it'll do me. Um, so we'll we'll move on to transfers then. To D, where you've been quiet a little while. I mean, uh, you've obviously mentioned Vardy there in the, uh, previously. Um, is there anyone you're looking at? 
to bring in especially and is there anyone that you're looking to boot out especially um i think as has been mentioned obviously earlier on the likes of arsenal's attack is starting to get quite a lot of, a lot of attention um, I've only had Lacazette for the whole season purely because, oh, I, I did have Kitaran at the beginning. Um, and he's been in and out of the squad, so I just had to let, um, but Lacazette has been a mainstay in my team. In terms of who else I could bring in, um, we've mentioned Mesut Ozil, uh, uh, as being sort of the creative hub for that team. And I think at 8.3, he's quite a tasty looking midfielder. It's just, for my team personally, I don't think I can bring him in. Um, I, I just don't have the money for it, unfortunately. But he's definitely someone to be looking at. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, Aubameyang at 10.7. I think he's shown that it doesn't matter whether he's starting or he's you know, coming off the bench. He's still going to be, be a dangerous player. Back-to-back games where he's at 28 and 29 minutes and he's come on and gotten uh, two goals and, a, and an assist and then two goals. So uh, I think you can have him and I just don't panic about him being a starter or not being a starter. I was at the detriment of that um, this weekend as I was sitting in my main in my main league. I was sitting top of the league and I had Lacazette and the guy in second place had Aubameyang and I was sort of laughing at him because Aubameyang didn't start. Lo and behold... <laughs> Lacazette gets two and Aubameyang goes and gets about 12 and he then jumps me for the top spot. So I think he's a player you can look to, to, to bring in if you may be looking, if you've got money to spend up front, that Arsenal attack is, doesn't look like it's going to be stopping. And you have to remember, it doesn't matter what Arsenal are doing at the back because we all know Arsenal at the back is quite shaky. As long as you know that their attack is going to be scoring, whether it's, you know, if they, even if they lose a game 3-2, um, if Lacazette scores and all you have is an Arsenal striker in Lacazette, you're not really going to care what the scoreline is. So I think their forward line is definitely worth investing in. In terms of other players that I've been looking at, I've, I've got a question mark over uh, James Madison at the moment. They've got a run of fixtures where I'm expecting him to step up. Um, Leicester have got West Ham at home, Cardiff away, Burnley at home, the next three. Surely a player like him really needs to be stepping up and stamping his authority, especially if he wants to continue to be one of the emerging, you know, talents in the Premier League. Um, I think that those were the, the, the two for me. In terms of at the back, I still think it's, I don't know if you guys have anyone at the back who's in, in terms of guaranteed clean sheets, we've mentioned Robertson, but at 6.3, that's quite... Is there anyone's level defender that you guys are seeing as being being good? I, I tried to sneak in Zabaleta coming in, and it wasn't obviously with regards to this week because they played Spurs. But if you look at West Ham's fixtures going forward, they've got Leicester away, Burnley at home, Huddersfield away, okay, Man City at home, then Newcastle away, Cardiff at home, Crystal Palace at home, Fulham away. So you can see they're part of bottom half teams all the way through uh, January the 12th when they finally play Arsenal at home. And Fabianski is known for pulling off a, a, a large amount of saves. I'm wondering if maybe he can save West Ham a few clean sheets going forward. I don't know how you guys feel about that. 
Yeah, Ali, what are your, what are your thoughts on, on West Ham as a, as a potential, um, well, just in general, because they do have good fixtures? Yeah, I mean, I didn't know the, the list of fixtures, obviously, I obviously came into the show quite late tonight, so I hadn't really looked at it, but they're just that frustrating team, um, and it, it always puts you off, but I mean, with that run of fixtures, West Ham have got a really, not a really good squad, but they've got a good enough squad, they shouldn't be where they are, you know, they should be comfortably top half, and beating most of those teams comfortably that, that Tyler just mentioned, so, I mean, the it's always going to be a gamble, isn't it? Especially when we're when you're clean sheet hunting for those, you know, six, seven and below teams. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the price, as you say, I mean, the, the guaranteed clean sheet guys are are fairly expensive, um, and that seems to be the issue. Um, I'm just having a look at their defenders now, and I mean, Fabianski is always a good option to have in goal at four point five. So Zabaleta guaranteed starter now, is he? Is he, he first choice for them? He seems to have pretty much he's, took it on his own. Yeah. Let's, have, let's have a look. He's yeah, played he's 90 minutes good. in yeah. the last four, no, five game weeks. Yeah, so uh, yeah, he seems to have made his spot his own, isn't he? So yeah, I mean... And at 4.3 price, that, that's, I was trying to get a little sneaky one there. That's, that, that was my thinking there. At 4.3... You could sneak a few clean sheets. You're not expecting him to be a world beater, but at that price, you know, if you get five clean sheets out of the next ten, I think you would have done well. Absolutely. I mean, I'm. It's something I actually might st- steal steal the idea from you. <laughs> just looking at him now. I mean, I've got uh, Jeffrey Schloff at Palace at four point five, who mm. seems to obviously fall off the, the earth now. And their, um, and their fixtures of, I think it's four red ones in a row. Yeah, well, he's on the bench. I mean, he doesn't come, he's my third substitute. You know, I, I, he was good for the start of the season and he was cheap and he was getting played in midfield, of course. Um, so he was helping, but that's an extra point too that I could save by getting Zabaleta in, who's, who's playing more minutes. So automatically he's, he's doing better than Schlitt. Um, so it may be an idea I might steal. So I actually do quite like that idea and it could be worth pairing up, as you mentioned, using Fabianski and just kind of doubling down. Uh, in certain fixtures and, and gambling on that clean sheet on. Yeah, I think that's definitely a fair shot. I mean, I'm looking at my back line. I've obviously got Juan Bissaka and Johnny and even um, Charlie Taylor from uh, Burnley in, in a similar price bracket. I mean, I'm just looking at Burnley's fixtures. I mean, they've got Chelsea next. <clears throat> Chelsea next um, at home. Um, then West Ham away, Leicester away. So it's, it's not the easiest games for... Uh, for Burnley there, and, and Charlie Taylor's done bugger all for me since I've got him in. Juan Basaka, he's now up to the 4.1, but the fact that I've got him uh, is probably worth keeping. But Again, I went to a Wolves defender last week myself, and their fixtures aren't exactly great. I mean, Brighton away is not the hardest game, but Brighton are good at home. And then they've got Spurs and Arsenal back-to-back, so it might, it might be one where I have to get rid of one of them three. I mean... Wolves are probably Johnny probably be the one to keep because they have Huddersfield and Cardiff after that two games, um, so it might be a fa- that might be a good shout for me to go from Taylor to Zabaleta or 
I don't know, even a, even a Diop or I think they rotate the left backs, which is probably a bit more of a problem. But you've got your Diop, your Balbuena, and Zabaleta seem to be the mainstays of that back line now uh, with Fabianski. So I think that's a good shout that to Diwa. Yes, yeah, so that's what I was thinking. Also, just a, a side note, whilst we're speaking, I know you mentioned, um, sort of, you mentioned Fulham just now, and it, it just rang something in my head. If you have a Fulham defender, uh, still, at this point in time, please sell them. Just sell them. <laughs> just, just that they're on course to break the record for most goals conceded in the Premier League season, and that includes the season where there were, I think, 42 teams, was it? I mean, um, to 42 fixtures, sorry. So, yeah, if you have a Fulham defender, just, just sell them. That is horrendous. <laughs> oh dear. They're gonna break the 38 league, um, record by about 20 goals. If, if they carry on the way they are now. And if you look at their goal, um, goals conceded, um, they've conceded already as many goals as Man City did the whole of last season. So they need to fix something at the back. And I wonder, um, this might then maybe tailor to the, the people that have, you know, the likes of Mitrovic. Can that attack carry on going with the defense being that leaky? How, how long can the attack keep trying to fire back and keep trying to keep them in this league? Do you think, it, do you think Mitrovic which can do this all season because he seems to be a hot topic for for you know the, the cheaper strikers out there. The thing is, he's not even that cheap anymore. I mean, six point nine. Um, he's more expensive than Wilson and Bournemouth seem to be a lot more sustainable. At least I'm not sure what the chances create and stuff like that. I think Bournemouth are like second in the league for chances created off the top of my head. Um, mm. So, would you rather have a Callum Wilson or would you rather have an Alexander Mitrovic when there is a 0.5 um, price difference in there? I mean, Josh King, Glenn Murray, they're all cheaper. Arnautovic is 0.1 higher. And we've just talked about West Ham's easy <clears throat> easy fixture list. Um, your beloved Jimenez, cheaper, a lot cheaper. <laughs> Ineonacho seems to be getting minutes. Now, I mean, he's the same price as Vizaha. And I know Crystal Palace are horrendous. But... After this run, I imagine Zaha might even go down a bit cheaper, so Zaha might even be cheaper <laughs> by this time. Um, but that, that, that's, that's probably a topic, because I was going to bring it up, because I'm probably looking to get rid of Danny Ings, because, well, Southampton are awful. Um, but Ali, I mean, is there anyone out of this cheaper cheaper striker bracket that you, 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 you've got in your team or considering to bring in? Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've made my transfer this week, so it was something I was going to wait, but even just in general, because obviously it was a lower striker I was looking at, so, but was the one, you've just pretty much mentioned the ball guy who, like, I've kind of moved off the Mitrovic thing, it's, mm. he was, you know, he's not, it's not like the assist king and boom, I'm, boom, are terrible, actually, like, you, you, they lost to Cardiff, they should automatically be relegated. <laughs> Um, they shouldn't don't, be allowed to play any more Don't jinx it before we play them, for God's <laughs> sake. It's, it's expected we lose to them. We'll probably have <laughs> 75 shots, they'll have one, and win 1-0. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you've just... Uh, I, I forgot about, actually, I'm out of it when, when you, until you brought them up. But mm. As you say, we're talking about that run of fixtures for the defenders. So is it time to really put faith in, in an out of it and just give them that I think it just looked there. Apart from Man City in the middle, they've got ten really nice fixtures. 
um, either side, you know, between it. Um, I've been a fan of Ineacho for a while, um, and now he seems to start getting the the minutes, um, despite the result, obviously, last night. I thought he had quite a, quite a solid game, um, especially the first half. And they've got they've got a not bad set of fixtures coming up as well. So if he can keep getting regular minutes, you know, not, he seems like that sort of player who just needs a run of games. Um, and and even the likes of like Dini and Damari Gray, they're all definitely for me anyway more more ownable than than Mitrovic and any pool player really. Um, is that I mean, Andre, is that Andrew Gray you mean? Watford. Andrew Gray, sorry, yeah. <laughs> I was confused. Well, I was like, those were the Leicester ones. <laughs> yeah. Too many, too many Grays. Yeah. Um, I mean, you mentioned Zaha at the same price. Crystal Palace might be terrible, but you never know what you're going to get with Zaha. You know, there's always that that chance. Um, I'm, I, I, the only one I don't buy in on, and the one I, I would totally rule out, is the Glenn Murray one. I just, I can't do it. I can't bring myself <laughs> to buy in somebody who's literally most of his points have come from penalties. <laughs> He's injured as well, anyway. Right. Um, I mean, I, I've, uh, I'll bring one of my substitutes to speak was a King from Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're playing really attacking football. I didn't even look at their pictures, to be honest, because his chances are he's not going to play very often unless it's a substitute one. But, um, you know, they're playing really, some really nice football. And their pictures are, well, the next four are, like, they've got Man United in there who aren't exactly throwing up roots defensively and Arsenal as well. So, and Fulham and Newcastle in between those. So at home as well, yeah. That's not yeah, so it's not okay. They're the the red fixtures and they're saying they're hard, but it's not like they're coming up against great defensive teams. So yeah, there's some there's, there's definitely plenty of more ones than as as Tadeo says, move off Fulham players. Um, I mean, the only reason I'm keeping Shirley and it's just surely the price. Um, yeah, I'm going as well. And and with midfielders, you, you've always got the chance of. Like the the twenty five thirty yard goals that they don't need to be playing well, kind of like the Giffy Sigurdsson type players, you know, who just turn a player and smash it. But yeah, I mean, what about you? I mean, you mentioned all the players. Is there any you look at it? Any you own? Um, out of the cheaper ones, I've got Danny Ings, but as I said, I'm kind of want to move off him. Well, I'll have a look with them. What are Southampton's fixtures like? Newcastle at home, Man City away. Watford at home, yeah, I'll, I'll move, I'll move off Danny. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got Danny, but I'd probably rather have Ings than Mitrovic, just because I'm, I'm not sure what Fulham's, um, fixture list is like, but I know they play us in a couple of weeks, so that's probably not great. We have. Bournemouth at home, Huddersfield away, Liverpool away, Southampton at home, I think. Bournemouth in form, that's not a good game, because they'll yeah. concede about 20 goals. And Huddersfield can defend. Yeah, and Huddersfield are playing well. You know, like, I mean, we've all seen the clip of the cop and that stuff, but they are actually playing quite well in a few of these games. Just doesn't seem to be happening for them. So it will, like, like the Cardiff result of the weekend against Fulham, you know, it will click for them at some point. Fulham can just be that team that loses to everybody who's playing badly. Yeah. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's the weird thing. I mean, I kind of agree with what you said. I think Schurler is probably the only ownable one at the minute. Because um, I think the fact that Mitrovic is 0.1 lower than Arnautovic, it's, it's just pointless ordering him. Because Arnautovic, I, is just, he, he's all, not a guarantee, but he's going to get points. 
He's, he's West Ham's main player, especially. Yarmolenko's just got out for six months, so now you're looking at Arnautovic to even step up a bit more, if anything. Um, so he, he, he'll need to step up. Well, he's been, he's been good this season, let's be fair, but Arnautovic is definitely the main man there. Yeah, he's, he's the focal point once again, isn't he? It's no longer playing that football again and spreading it wide and letting, obviously, with Anderson and then Yarmolenko, obviously, they were, they were obviously making West Ham play a bit more expansive football um, for their, but now it's all going to be through and now which he's going to be the star man, the main boy um, and I can see it like the way he finished the season last season I can see him getting more into that focused, determined and I'm sure he's the penalty taker as well uh, It's either him or Mark Noble which is weird <laughs> um, But yeah you can. I'd imagine we're and out of its personality, you know, if he's having one of those games, yeah. stepping up and saying, look, I'm, I'm here, I've got it. So yeah. I, I think, as you say, if, if you've got Mitrovic, I think the, the obvious one, especially for that next run of pictures that obviously Padua pointed out, I think if you can get point one from anywhere, or surely you've, most people have got some money in the bank, I think Arnautovic is the one to step up on. Then you've got, realistically, you'll probably have three very startable strikers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, does the does the Yarmolenko injury play a factor in, in the decision to get Arnautovic or not? Because he's out for I think six months with an Achilles injury. Not for me. I think they'll probably either put Antonio on the right or Snodgrass, and yeah. obviously they're very different players. But I think either way, it's not going to affect them too much because I know Yarmolenko's. Had a couple good games, but I don't think he's that it's, important. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For me, I think it makes him more ownable. Um, just for what I was saying about him stepping up even more. Um, to the point of he's like not that kind of that ego thing where he's looking at players around him to be not at his level. Um, whereas obviously he'll respect a player like Yarmolenko and more than he would a Snodgrass coming in. You know, he'll feel that he's got to step up and he's got to be the man. Whereas maybe with Yarmolenko, he could relax slightly because he knows he doesn't have to do everything on his own. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Ali, you mentioned you did your transfer. I mean, what was that? If you could just remind me. Yeah, I, I took out Kane and Zaha and swapped them for Aubameyang and King and that also left me 2.9 in the bank. Nice, nice. And um, today, where have you done yours yet? Or are you waiting for after the Champions League and all that stuff? No transfers in yet. Um, I'll probably wait for the Champions League to happen, but I don't see myself doing any transfers. If anything, um, it will just be paying attention to whether Knock thought it was just a one sort or he's mm-hmm. actually being, I don't know, rested or something like that. But as it stands, I think I'm going to keep the team as it is this week. No, no good stuff. Um, and just from my point of view, I mean, is there any... Um, oh, we mentioned cheapish defenders, didn't we? Is there any... Is there any... Let's go team-specific. I mean, is there any teams other than West Ham that we can think have a good defence? I mean, we've picked out Wolves in the past. Is there anyone else that you're, you've looked at, Ali, that... Maybe sneaky good defensively. I mean, even mention the bigger teams if you want. I know Man United's probably avoidable, but is there anyone you're looking defensively just going, yeah, I fancy a bit of that? 
I think, I mean, defensively, we're obviously ourselves. Um, I feel our def- if you could own a couple of our defenders, I think you're going to do well with the goalkeeper. Um, I think we our attack just now is kind of frustrating because you don't know which one to own and which one's going to perform well that week. Um, I mean, City are always good, but they're all so expensive. It's, you can only have their own one City defender, which seems ridiculous when you think like a Laporte or a Walker are like 5.8 and 6.6, yet Joe Gomez and Van Dijk are 5.1 and 5.9. Mm. I know which two I would rather own on a regular basis. Um, but I mean, Chelsea are the, I, I, I really, I, I really don't, I, until last night, and I seen how, how Arsenal got them quite easy. And I said the Leicester defence was, was worth having a look at, um, I just finished saying how, how much better balanced their squad was and team was this season to the one that won the league a few years ago. Um, I thought they were much better defensively with Maguire. Yeah. Um, Chilwell's come on to a game. Um, I'm saying I didn't even know who the right back was. I'd never heard of him, but automatically he's better than, than Simpson, who played only one thing. Yeah, and also having Pereira there, you know, Pereira's been quite good this season for them. But I think the clean sheet thing this year, it's like the defence. Like, the whole league's gone out of pot. Like, we're all of a sudden now good at defending, and every other team can't defend. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, I, I, it's been weird. I mean, what was it, the last time we could defend was Rafa. <laughs> it, yeah, uh, it's, talking it's 10 mad- years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's the only thing, because I imagine most people have Robertson. I mean, is it is it too much of a risk? I know we've got Cardiff uh, and Arsenal. Is it too much of a risk to say, have Robertson... And Joe Gomez, because we obviously will be rotating somewhat. I mean, we've seen Trent be the start of that. Um, could you could you own Robertson and Trent, or do you think it's too risky with Trent's rotation? I mean, is Van Dijk the safest bet in a Liverpool defence? For me, it'd be Joe Gomez. He seems to be the one. Well, obviously, Van Dijk's going to be your regular. But if you if you're talking about Trent's five point one, and so is Joe Gomez, and it, and the way it seems to be going this season, and whether it continues that way, is when Trent rested. Gomez just gets put to right back. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't see Gomez getting dropped um, on a regular basis. I just think he'll be the one who'll keep shuffling back and forward, and then it'll be like Lovren will go out or Trent will go out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you not think maybe we'll eventually see that right back rotation again, where we see Joe Gomez versus Trent in certain aspects that we saw last season? Because as much as some fans um, don't rate Lovren, it, it looks like Klopp wants him part of the main rotation, and I I can't see Van Dyke ever getting rotated out because I mean he's been played with a buggered rib for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, I mean I think Lovren will play a key part of our season, unfortunately. But he, he, I think again, I think Gomez will just be that constant in the team, whether it be right back or centre back. So it'll technically be a, a Trent and Lovren rotation. Set up where Gomez is just filling in either the hole, which I, I don't like because I don't think it's good for, for Gomez's development. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think arguably, not even arguably, I think not many people could argue. I think Van Dyke and Gomez have been the best defensive partnership in the league this season. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And, I mean, Trent had a, a, a poor game against Napoli, but he's, he's hardly put many, many foot wrong. Um, since he's come into the squad, really, and when he has had a bad game and he's came back in the next week, he's he's put it behind him like like he's been playing for twenty seasons. You know, he's 
it's it's a remarkable maturity for somebody so young. So I think you're right. I think Lovren will have a major part. I just I just feel Gomez will be that that one constant. Apart from Van Dyke's just he's just a rock. You know he's he's there for the season. Um, but I think Gomez will be that one true constant throughout the season. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree. Um... To do what I'll come to you with this question. I mean, I was just looking. I was just looking while Sally was speaking there. A couple of the fixtures, and I obviously mentioned um, if anyone else has a sneaky good defence, and um, I think you have two Brighton players. Looking at their fixtures, I mean, could I ever tempt you with a third player? I mean, their defence. They've. Got, I think they've kept consecutive clean, clean sheets now. Um, Shane Duffy cost four point five, and he's on thirty nine points. I mean. Is Brighton this kind of untapped market at the minute? And Knockout's on 30 points. Uh, how much is Murray on? Murray's on 40 points. If they start to unleash, let's see, Johan Basque, who's, who start, I think he started um, ahead of <clears throat> Knockout, and obviously Pascal Gross has still got to come back. I mean, is Brighton looking a bit more tempting? Uh, and maybe anyone you're looking at other than Knockout? I think the good thing for Brighton is they're looking solid, which is not what we can say for a lot of teams um, that will be fighting for that, you know, um, upper, lower half of the table, maybe trying to get into the top half mm-hmm. um, of the league table. And if you look at Brighton, it's been quite consistent throughout the whole season. I mean, looking at the results, even that um, some of their performances, you know, you look at the United game, you look at um, even the game against Tottenham, that 2-1 loss, you know, it, it was quite a spirited effort. So it seems like they, they they haven't been beaten handsomely by anyone. They've always been, you know, in and around each game, you know, probably bar Man City, but even that one, it's, it's a 2-0. So you can see that um, they're doing well and they seem to know what they want to do. And if, as we've mentioned, heading into this fixture list, if you've already got someone like Ryan, maybe you might be tentative to looking at their defenders, you know, thinking, do I want to put, you know, um, bank on more than one, one player from Brighton, you know, in terms of clean sheets. But if you don't have Ryan in your team and you've got other goalkeepers, I'll definitely be looking at their defense. I mean, there's value in even Lewis Dunk, who's, um, he's 4.4 at the moment. And he seems to be a mainstay in their defense. He's only missed one game, and I think that was because of injury. So yeah, I think that was against us, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um. And and he's got you know he's only been selected by about one point four percent of the the fantasy league in in general. So he could be a differential where you know you're looking to pick up these small points. I think that that's where Brighton might be key for you. Try and look players within Brighton who are starting you know so probably do as I say not as I do because I I looked at Knockout as someone who was starting and <laughs> he was only selected by 2.1% so I thought he was going to be a differential for me and then obviously he goes and doesn't start but if you have sort of guys like Dunk who are pretty much guaranteed that they're going to be starting for them I think you could you could climb tables by picking up some of these players and getting those sneaky clean sheets Especially with the fixtures they have coming up, um, yeah, I, th- I think they they're viable options there, and I think Brighton could help with um, being a differential in leagues where people might not necessarily have noticed that Brighton have this run of games coming up. 
Yeah, so I, I know we're kind of rushed for time a bit uh, today because you've obviously got another podcast to do. So I'll, I'll come with the the weekend fixtures. And is there any uh, fixtures there you're looking at that could be high scoring? Um, I'm, I've always been um, wary of putting in my high end defenders in in big games. And if you look, there's no there's none bigger than. On Monday, Spurs versus Man City mm. at Spurs. I don't, I don't want to say at Spurs is home because I don't know if Wembley is a home. I think they're playing. <laughs> but yeah. if it is, um, you know that's going. Those always seem to be high-scoring games, but um, people might be questioning whether or not to keep those Spurs or or Tottenham defenders. I mean, or Man City defenders in. I'm thinking of keeping Mendy in purely. Because I think the fullbacks in these games do tend to be a, a threat going forward. So they might concede, but they've also got that, that opportunity to get the assist. Um, another high scoring game, I'm looking at Arsenal against Crystal Palace. It's a London derby. Arsenal, I think their attack speaks for themselves at the moment. So they're going to be looking to get the goals. And Crystal Palace seemed, especially more so at home, they seem to always bring it. So I think that could be quite a nice high-scoring game. And then, obviously, the Liverpool versus Cardiff game. Surely, at some point, Liverpool have to actually, you know, take it to a team and here's hoping that this is the game, unfortunately, for Cardiff. But this is the game that Liverpool actually actually do that. Yeah, you, you'd, you'd bloody hope so from our point of view. And, and Ali, um, any fixtures that are jumping out for you? Yeah, I mean, one that wasn't mentioned. I think the Phil and Bournemouth one. Mm. Um, I mean, we've seen the, obviously, Cardiff being quite defensive, and that ended up 4-2, I think it finished, didn't it, in the game, so points go off flying there, so I think Fulham, especially the way Burnham were playing this season, and we've seen how poorly Fulham were defending, as we've mentioned previous, so, I mean, Burnham could get at them, and then Fulham do have some quality players going forward, and, I mean, it was mentioned in what, at what point does it become a detriment to the forwards, but, I mean, just now I still think they'll be going that gung-ho type way, to try and get the ones to pick up points. So I can see it being a bit of a high scoring game. Um, I mean, the, the complete opposite would be Southampton Newcastle. I think it'll be one of the worst games of the season. And <laughs> um, the way both teams are playing, and I mean, uh, we all know how much we all love Rafa on this podcast, but I mean, his hands are tied, and, and I feel he's genuinely just sabotaging the team just to, you know, prove a point to Mike Ashley. So I think that could just be a horrendous 0 0 game. Yeah, I can definitely say that. I mean, Mark Hughes versus Rafa Benitez uh, at two lower clubs is never going to be fun. But no, I was I was going to pick out Fulham v Bournemouth as well. I mean, you've got to be looking at the Bournemouth attack there, and I I may be tempted to work in getting Callum Wilson or even Josh King myself, but that'll probably end up me taking a minus. Um, but no, I, I quite like that shout because well, we went through the podcast how Fulham can't defend, <laughs> and Bournemouth are one of the best attacks in the league at the minute. But yeah, I think that's been uh, the uh, podcast for us. I mean, today, have you got anything you want to plug before we go? Yeah, uh, you can catch me um, this week again for the preview podcast with um, Liverpool versus Cardiff. Uh, we're going to be recording that um, just after this one. I'm going to be hopping onto that one, so that should be out in and around the same time that the, this podcast is coming out. Good stuff. And Ali, uh, do you want to give out your Twitter? And uh, I know you mentioned another pod earlier, in it? Yeah, um, you can catch me on Twitter for um, 
Forum Football and Wrestling Rambles at Pally Thompson 84. Um, and yeah, just I recorded the new version of 11 Pieces of Me, which you've been on previous guy. Oh, wow. uh, I recorded that last night. Um, it's quite a long, fun one this time. Longer than me and your one guy. Um, and that should be out on Thursday on Man in the Post. So if you want to check out on Twitter, I'll be sharing the link. I'll have to come back on and fix that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, plugs from me, uh, we did the Red Dead Redemption 2 preview on, on One Up. Um, that was a lot more structured than this podcast. As, as I mentioned at the top of it, this is kind of a bit last minute with a lot of substitutes in here. So I do, do forgive us for the lack of structure and uh, possibly planning as well. Uh, but thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>